Hello, and welcome to We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution by recapping our favorite romance novels and movies. This week, we read Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon, the TikTok faded mates alien slash monster fucking sensation that swept the nation. There's a whole lot of purring in this one. Enjoy the show. So this book is about aliens abducting young fertile women. We haven't even said what the book is yet. Ice Planet Barbarian. Well, I was I was going into banter. Oh, yeah. I was. This was my my intro. Oh, okay. The banter okay. section. Okay. The the book is about ladies getting abducted and then getting stranded on a different planet, full of you guessed it, Ice Planet Barbarians, um, by Ruby Dixon, and someone that I think probably. If this was real, like someone that I think probably would have been a target for abduction was Nancy Reagan, (laughs) because Nancy Reagan, for those of you who are not aware, was the blowjob queen of Hollywood before she was the first lady. So if she can, like, give everyone in Hollywood blowjob, who is to say she can't give aliens blowjobs, too? It's true. As long as she was... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what goes into that. Like, I think the the romance portion of this book really like understates the horror of being like ripped away from your family and friends and like literally your yeah. entire world and species. It's just yeah. like so. Like, I guess we should say before we start, um, trigger warnings for this. Obviously, kidnapping because it's about alien abduction. But I think sort of the main trigger warning is like pretty violent sexual assault within the first like five minutes yeah with it very early on in the book um not to the main character and it's not like explicit but it is yeah it's very and it's the bad guys doing it it's not like people we're supposed to like obviously but (laughs) yeah also possibly sleep paralysis trigger warning like not really but (laughs) when she's like (laughs) the way she's described when she's like waking up from like the drugs they've given her it just really reminded me of sleep paralysis and then I the sleep paralysis demon book that you mentioned that I I'm having yeah. like trouble finding, but like <laughs> I think it's called like Sting Me to Sleep. We'll we'll link it. Okay, I googled that and like all that came up was like basically an Onion article, reductress, whatever. I was like, woman falls in love with uh, her sleep paralysis demon. They finally tie the knot. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, like we have a. Tra- I think we have a trauma bond that will last for life. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me think about like The Bachelor, how. It's always like very – at least in the early days and like still still like to this day, they still go like bungee jumping and stuff. It's like we'll talk about how – oh, yeah, they're just like making them go through traumatic experiences together because that makes you like, you know, feel closer to a person faster. And for some reason, I just never connected that with like the idea of a of an actual like trauma bond. But like it, it is the same thing. They're it just is. Like pretty, it, it's the same thing. <laughs> I personally think the reason they don't make them scale down buildings anymore like they did in earlier seasons is because like the whole show is traumatic. Like they don't need like yeah. those traumatic dates because the <laughs> whole thing is super fucked up. <laughs> Didn't they have to like start cutting back on their alcohol consumption? Like it used to just be a free for all and now they're like careful. Yeah, now there's your it's two drinks per hour, I think. But it's not like Becca M, who was on several seasons ago of The Bachelor. I listened to her podcast and she was saying that like you can get around it but because like by two drinks it's like any drink so mm-hmm. you can get like a whiskey on the rocks versus like 
a glass of champagne and those both count. Or like a whiskey on the rocks that's like five shots in the Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like there's not like – if you want to get drunk, there's like ways to get drunk basically Mm. is what I think she was saying. Yeah. Anyway, hot tips. (laughs) Um, If you go on The Bachelor, don't get drunk. Like you're just – you're going to be the villain like real quick if that happens (laughs) to you. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like it would also just – well, I don't know. It depends. Like it seems so horrible that you have to stay up like all night and I just feel like the time passes faster (laughs) if you're wasted. My thing is, is like, I think if I were on The Bachelor, there's like a very good chance that I would just like, quote unquote, go to the bathroom and then just like take a nap on the floor for like yeah, an hour. I would like sure. talk to the lead. I'd be like one of the first people to talk to the lead. I'd be like, I'm not faffing around with this. Like, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then I would just like go take a nap. Oh, you could bring the uh, travel blanket. So one of our friends recently gave <gasps> us a Christmas yeah. present. That's these awesome like Vera Bradley blankets, but they fold up into like a pillow. So it's yeah. like really cool. Yeah, it would be perfect. You could definitely like stuff that under your shirt. <laughs> like they have a little strap so you can put it like around your suitcase. Well, I don't think I would have to stuff it around my shirt, Rachel. I would okay. literally just like have it. Well, do they let you like access your stuff? You know? I don't know. I feel like I could sneak away somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like have it in the w- waiting in the wings. Like, <laughs> I don't know I if don't they know. let you like, I guess the first time you see the house is like in the limo. I don't know how it works, but you could like stick the strap on like a plant in the garden and then like scoop it up. <laughs> well, uh, well, you're coming from a hotel to um, the house. So like I don't think rats. you would be able to set up anything ahead of time. I think that yeah. that would be taken out. I don't know. I'd have to strategize more. Um, but never mm, fear. Mm. I do intend to audition for The Bachelor. I think I would be an excellent Bachelor contestant. I think I would be a horrible lead. Like that just sounds like my worst nightmare as well as Bachelor in Paradise. But this is what you you do. You bring the pillow blanket as like, you know, sometimes they'll bring like, it's like a present for the lead and they're like, oh, this oh. is like to symbolize our future, like both sleeping and traveling together. But then the lead is never like, oh yeah, let me just hold this the whole rest of the time. And they give it back they to you to it. hold for no, them. No, they give it to a producer. Uh, well, sometimes they give it back If to it's them. a gift, it depends. There's like prop versus gift. If it's a sure. gift, you give it to the lead and then like by the next shot, they've given it off to a producer. Sure. But – yeah, I could be like, this is here's to waking up in bed together every morning on our next adventure. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. And then, like, I flash him a tit so he keeps me around. Yeah, like, let me keep this so that I have an excuse to, like, talk to them later or something. Yeah. And then, oh, we can nap together. I'm fine with napping mm-hmm. with the lead. Napping like, on a as plane. long as I get First class, baby. <laughs> I'd, I'd go up to, like, one of the producers and I'd be like, okay, I want to set, like, a cute little, like, picnic date area up but it would really just be like a bunch of pillows and like blankets like, <laughs> just nap and the lead is definitely also going to be exhausted like even more so than me because he has to talk to everyone so mm-hmm. yeah I think we, I think we can make this work I think we've got it figured out if yeah. any bachelor producers um listen to this podcast you didn't hear it you didn't hear yeah this. <laughs> forget everything that you just heard I was for legal reasons this was all a joke like, just keep that in mind uh, speaking of sleeping in possibly uncomfortable places. Oh my god. <laughs> Ice Planet Barbarians starts with Georgie, the main character, going from having a very nice, comfortable dream in her own bed to waking up on an alien spaceship. Yeah, very traumatic. I like that she has like a slight southern accent for no discernible reason because she's from Orlando. And like maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure people from Orlando do not have southern accents. Well, she lives in Orlando now because she works as like a bank teller, but like she could just be from like anywhere in Florida. Yeah, we know she's far from her family. That's true. Yeah. 
But she is like later, she's like, oh, I'm a southern girl. That's why I'm like used to the heat and I don't like the ice. Like I don't like the cold. It's fucking hot in Orlando. What are you I talking know, I know about? It's hot. She's like, I'm a southern girl, you know? Like, okay, yeah, again, Florida's Florida like, in the south. Technically, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But like, and Orlando out there, is in the middle. Like, I think you're conflating like Orlando and Miami because like Orlando is in the middle of fucking nowhere. The only thing in Orlando is Disney World and Universal. And then you go outside and it's not like, it's not a sure, huge city. But it's very much not culturally the south. Like, uh, if you're below the panhandle, I feel like it's not culturally the south. Maybe it's not culturally Miami either, but like, I feel like it's very different. I feel like it's closer to like, I have no idea. I don't know. I, don't know. I might be. We totally don't have wrong. to. Talk. We don't have to speculate about George. She's she's a Southern girl. That's really <laughs> all you need to know, Georgie. Um, yeah, she wakes up in a jail cell and she meets Liz, who's our spunky friend. And I am so excited to read Liz romance, mm-hmm. which I predicted, and Rachel doubted me, but I <laughs> predicted exactly who she was going to get a romance with. So Liz is our spunky. She's also been human trafficked. They figure out real quick. They're like, we have been taken they're all 22 mostly american young women none of them pregnant except for one um oh God. a trigger warning for this like one of them was two months pregnant megan i think and she had like essentially like a forced abortion so that was yeah. horrible yeah it really- it's really it's really like i don't know like the tone of this is like very almost like lighthearted and spunky and like georgie has like a really like fun voice but like the first like three chapters are super dark. <laughs> like, yeah, like you super somehow, dark. You somehow forget like what they've all been through through the story. But like I so I started the second book and it starts off with like so so okay, so there's these like what set nine women in the jail cell, but we find out that there's also six more women who are like in what's it called? Like cryostasis. Pods, they're like in yeah. pods, so they're not awake. And so like in the second book, when the uh, the other six women get woken up, I like once again was like, Oh my god, like they're just like they didn't experience anything that the rest of the women are experienced. They just like wake up and they're here and like they're finding out what happened. And like just like that's when it really hit me. I was like, wow, like you wake up and you're never going to see your family again. Like no. you're never going to like nothing. It's all gone. It's no, just crazy. It's, and it's crazy. It's it's just like amazing that I feel like the author, Ruby Dixon, just somehow makes you not fixate on that. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know how. But I also kept forgetting that they're only 22. Like that's so young. Like your frontal lobe is not developed at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's probably a good thing because they do have to all fall in love with like giant blue aliens. That's true. Uh, So maybe they need like a little bit of like mental flexibility, like, you know, (laughs) twist to that. Okay. All right. So basically they're on this horrible jail cell and there are these guards that are called like the bat. Like Georgie describes them as having basketball heads. And so I obviously like literally imagine just like a stick figure with like a basketball on top of it. Yeah. The last person to be brought in, um, the only person after Georgie, is Dominique. And she is the one – like, when Georgie wakes up, Liz is like, don't scream. Like, implying if you scream, like, bad things will happen. So Georgie doesn't scream. But Dominique does not heed that warning, understandably, because she has just been kidnapped. And she starts screaming. And the basketball head people, like, take her into the room. And then all the other women are, like, forced to watch as they, like, really violently assault her. Um, And it's, like – horrible <laughs> for yeah. just again like a book that is like lighthearted and like fast paces like the first chapters are just really get you yeah yeah and I guess it's to like really hit us over the head with like 
once they're they've been abducted, like there are no good options. Like they are not going. Mm-hmm. Like a few times they're like maybe they were taking us to like a Malibu planet, but like they definitely are not. Like no. so one of the girls, the girl who was the first one to be kidnapped is Kira, and she's the only one with like a translator that they stapled to her ear, so she's able to um understand the aliens even though she can't like speak their language. And yeah, basically they are like the extra cargo. Like they had already like met their quota with the girls in the pods and they picked up some extras and they keep like comparing themselves to like cattle, like cows. And I'm like, that's Who is not- it Liz keeps being like yeah. they've tagged us. They put trackers on our arms yeah. and they tagged us like cows. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, that we eat cows. That is not. Well, that's the thing. thing. Well, that Georgie's yeah. like, I don't know whether we're going to be sold as like sex slaves or whether we're like being sold for like specialty meat. Like, right. I don't fucking know. Yeah, so Georgie is like, she is a gal with a plan. Like, all these other ladies are way too traumatized to fight back. But Georgie is like, we are going to stage an escape thing. And the plan is like for all the ladies, like her to distract the one guard. She hauls a really impressive spit loogie on the back of his head. Yeah. From like many feet away. And this is just like, wow. Like, that's a, that's a skill. She titanic that's a skill. that shit. Yeah, it's a skill I, every self-respecting Southern gal should have. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And then all the other people are supposed to like gang up and like overwhelm him, but then they all chicken out. And so like Georgie yeah. is just like left there. I can't <laughs> and believe she like that. throws the like poop bucket on him and then gets it on herself, which is just it's too heavy. Horrible. But then just as like the guard is about to like get Georgie, the their like cargo hold gets like jettisoned. So Georgie is like attacking the guard and she gets his gun. And she's like, oh, well, there's no trigger, but it'll just work just as well as a bludgeon. And then as the ship is going down, as the poop bucket is flying all over the place, she's literally bludgeoning this alien to death. And if that is not, like, the most badass thing, like, Georgie just comes out swinging. Like, literally. She's, like, she's literally beating this thing to death in zero gravity. Like, Yeah. Like, all the, she's, like, all the ladies are, like, floating around her. And she's, yeah. like, she's just taking them out. And she really does. And it's very, like, she's, like, kind of goes into, like, this fugue state. Yeah. So they finally crash land. Obviously, the guard is now dead. Two other women are also dead. They, like, got their necks broken. And then all the other women, there are now, what, six of them left? I think seven. And they're all injured. Like, Mm -hmm. Georgie has, like, a sprained ankle and, like, a broken wrist. And, like, they all have, like, various cuts and bruises. Um, And so who's left? It's Georgie, Liz, Kira, Megan, Megan, Dominique. Who else? Oh, oh, uh, Tiffany, who is, like, going to be passed out for most of this because she's, I think, diabetic or something. Um, what? <laughs> it's in the second book. Oh. <laughs> That's the reason she's asleep all the time because she's in, like, diabetic shock. Like, oh, I was like, why are you making random diagnoses about Tiffany? <laughs> um, and obviously because Georgie is the de facto leader, they all send her out on a scouting mission. And, okay, so they choose to leave – the women that are in stasis, in stasis the whole time because they're like, you know, there's no point in like waking them up in this traumatic situation and we can't really keep them alive necessarily. But like how do they know – I don't know. It just seems like how do they know the stasis is still intact and they're, they're not just like leaving them to like starve to death? Like I, I don't know. Like or that they're like not, you know, drowning or like breathing, whatever. They've landed on this <laughs> planet where they can somehow breathe and it's like really cold. They can breathe for now. Mm-hmm. Ship is mostly intact, but there's a hole in the ceiling where snow is coming through. So it's like pretty clear that it's not very hospitable outside. So all of them are still in their pajamas this whole time. So they're like freezing, but they do have one warm outfit and it's the guard's outfit. 
and God. just totally brutal. Just like I guess if you're at the point where you're being alien human trafficked, like this is the least of your work and you just bludgeon yeah. someone to death. They strip the guard. The clothes are like pretty warm and fit Georgie. So she's going out alone and she also gets – they find like some ration, like more of the rations that they've been fed this whole time. So she gets some of those like water and like these seaweed bars. And I understand that like I guess this is their only warm outfit, but I'm still like, ma'am, why are you going out alone? Like you were going out onto like a snowy like unknown planet. I guess like no (laughs) one else can really walk. Like Liz has three broken toes. Another girl, I think Kira has a broken leg. Tiffany is just like passed out. Yeah. I don't know about the other people, but yeah, it seems really unwise. Like they only have one warm outfit, but like why yeah, why would you go out with backup? Makes no Georgie's, sense. Yeah. But well, she's Georgie's basically bold. like if I don't return in 24 hours, assume that I'm dead. Right. So Georgie puts us off. It is brutally cold. It's like a full ass blizzard out there. There are two suns. There are snow. And she compares it to Hoth from the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So like that snow planet where like Luke has to like you know, gets attacked by the abominable snowman and all that shit. <laughs> there are many like Star Wars references in the first, yes. like in this. But, like, which section. honestly, like yeah. when she was describing this planet before Georgie in her head was like, oh, it reminds me of Hoth. I was picturing Hoth. I was like, this is this is exactly what I got. Like the two suns made me already think of Star Wars and then like Ice Planet. I was like, yeah. I was just picturing a snowy mountain with like some Dr. Seuss truffle trees in the distance. Because <laughs> there aren't any trees, but there's these like weird slimy stalk things with like pink fluffy top yeah i so. too was picturing the truffle trees <laughs> um, it was at this point i just want to say so we um surprise surprise we're listening to the audiobook of this we unfortunately <laughs> there was a 26 week wait at the local <laughs> library so we had to cave and buy it from audible which is very unfortunate um <laughs> but we were listening to the audiobook and it was at this point that i realized you've heard of method acting but have you heard of method reading? Because we were listening to this on our daily walk in the local state park, and it was freezing <laughs> cold outside. It was so fucking cold. <laughs> and I true. was like, this is really getting me in the vibe. Like, I yeah. am Georgie. Like, at any point, a giant blue alien could come out of the woods and, like, whisk me away. Yeah, because being cold is similar for me to being, like, sick to my stomach, like having the stomach flu, in that I know it's horrible. Like, intellectually, I remember that it's horrible, but I can't actually, like – remember the feeling until I'm feeling it again. You know what I mean? Like being like viscerally horribly cold, it's just like you don't really – you can't like fully remember how bad it is until you're experiencing it again. It's not like other things where like stubbing your toe. Like giving birth. Sure, maybe. (laughs) I don't – I wouldn't know. But like there's other things like – I don't know, like like touching a hot kettle. Like I can like remember that feeling, right? I don't need to touch the kettle to like be reminded how horrible it is. But like, yeah, so it was very (laughs) – it was – yeah, definitely. Very in the moment. Yeah. yeah. So Georgie heads on down to the truffle trees among this snowy wasteland and she finds like water and it smells like sulfur. So that means it's from like a hot spring or whatever. And then she almost gets eaten by the <laughs> fish aliens whose tails are the truffle trees. And she like scrambles back and she's like, Wait, ah! They are? I miss, I wasn't, I, I was like so unclear on how they were connected. At first, I like, I knew there was evil fish no. in the water, but then I thought the tree like also came down to like scoop her. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh my God. The trees are like the tails of the, they're like attached to the fish. Fuck. Yeah. The trees are fucked. The truffle trees, not Dr. Seuss approved. <laughs> Actually, Dr. Seuss had some pretty fucked up animals. So like maybe Dr. Seuss approved. <laughs> fucked up in a good way. Um, So when the fish went away, do the trees go with them? Do they like slide no, out no, of no, the no, no, no. The, the, fish just retract the fi- the face eating fish 
I don't know. The fish and the trees are definitely connected. Maybe I'm like messing up that they're the same thing. But I thought there was like somehow – There's definitely a connection. The fish are definitely some sort of – I mean the trees are definitely some sort of monster as well. Anyway, Georgie like stumbles back and she escapes. But then she gets caught in a snare, like a hunting snare. And who does she see but the abominable snowman coming after her, like what she thinks. She sees a form coming after her right before she passes out from like too much blood to her head. Yes. And who is that form? Not the abominable snowman, (laughs) but Vectal, our hot seven foot blue horned alien man. And he sees Georgie and he's like, what is this strange hairless creature? I do not understand. And he's, I loved like the way Vectal was written. It was so like... Like, so, like, formal, like, I do not understand what is happening, but I see she this creature. girl, and she, and my quee is resting. <laughs> yes, and his quee starts, like, purring and slash thumping for her. I mean, he's like, it's the bitter season when hunters are many sprints away from home. Yeah, I love it. So he, so th- at this point, I didn't, even, I did not even realize this was going to be Faded Mates, but as soon as the quee got involved, I was like, oh my God, like, they're Faded Mates with aliens. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed like your shock at this. You were like, faded mates, faded mates. And oh I was like, God. yeah, I thought you knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. But we should explain the quee. Sure. So the quee are basically little like symbiotic little alien things that live inside Vectal and his people. So Vectal is a sock. And then because they have the quee inside them, they're the sock quee. Mm-hmm. And basically the quee like keeps them alive on this planet. Like it heals mm-hmm. them and it like keeps them warm and it allows them to breathe. And it makes their eyes glow blue. Yes. And it also starts vibrating when your faded mate is near. Yeah. <laughs> and you you can't have babies with anyone but your faded mate. That's important to remember. Yep. And if you don't obey the quee, you like eventually die, I think. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, okay. That's something that like I think is in a later book. But basically yeah. like as soon as your quee starts to vibrate, you like have to fuck your mate like immediately. And like the longer you wait to fuck, the like the more upset your queen gets, gets. Yeah. <laughs> the more so he, it vibrates. <laughs> so he like he scoops her up and he's like, she's not lit from within, so she must be treated as an infant because like oh, I guess only like the sock babies don't have a queen. So he's like, she's so yeah. hopeless. Like, so he takes her to his hunting cave because you know they're they're these people that live on an ice planet. Like they're like we need shelter, like interspersed, like for mm-hmm. when our hunters go hunting. And so he's in the cave and he like strips her down naked, lights a fire, <laughs> like. And he's like exploring her and he's like, why does she look so weird? She doesn't have any horns. She doesn't have any fangs. Like I snort at amusement at the small tuft on her badge. How ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, perhaps she is sick and that's why her quee is gone. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> she's so – despite the fact that like she looks – like basically just super ugly to him, like super weird. He's still so turned on by her that he starts eating her out <laughs> while she's sleeping. Which, listen, friends, don't do that. Like this isn't that's not not good. You can't get consent when someone's asleep. But Georgie doesn't mind that much because <laughs> she wakes up and she's like, she's like, oh, I guess it wasn't a monster coming to eat me. It was this monster. Coming to eat me out. <laughs> we get so many good like pussy eating jokes in this one section. She's like, I've dated guys I couldn't convince to go down on me. And this one's doing it as a greeting. <laughs> 
so we get the full description of like of Vectal. Like Georgie is like, ah, uh, I mean, like this is technically not consensual, but I'm still very into like whatever this man is doing because he has a rich tongue. So it like feels extra good and he has a ridged cock and he has horns and he's blue and he's seven feet tall and he has suede skin and he vibrates when he's near her. And basically in my head at this point, I'm like, okay, so Ruby Dixon sat down one day. She picked up her like large blue dildo slash vibrator and was like, how can I make a romance hero out of this? (laughs) And this is what we got. Like these aliens are basically just like large blue dildo slash vibrators he also has like like, an extra little like horn at the top of his dick that like is like for her clit and or goes into your butt like if it's if you're going from behind yeah it's a little ass stimulation yeah yeah so basically he's just a giant sex toy and she's very into it and he licks her clit and she like moans she's like oh my god and he's like a little cat (laughs) in this moment because he like perks up and he like looks at her and he's like that was a weird noise that she just made, but she seems to be very into it. But like, I don't know what a clit is. And I was picturing when a cat is like slowly pushing a glass off of the (laughs) table and like is watching you to like see what your reaction is going to be. Like that's Vectal now like experimenting with Georgie's clit. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, what is this weird thing? It's like a third nipple. And that's how he like (laughs) continues to refer to it. (laughs) Yeah. He starts like experimenting with her clit and she's like, all right, buddy, slow down. Like she gets, she like starts to sit up and he pushes her back down with a stern word. (laughs) He's just like, no. (laughs) And then when he, when she's like, oh, it seems like he's like, all right, like time to like actually fuck now. And she's like, ah, we are like eating me out is one thing, but like not today. And she like kicks him and then he's like, my mate, my new reason for existing has just planted her tiny strange foot in my chest and kicked. Almost as if she does not want to mate. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's yeah. like, he is the definition like of a hot dummy. Like if you look up hot dummy in the dictionary, like it's it's Vectal. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> love him. Oh my God. Oh, and then he notices that she's injured. And he cups her face. Who did this to you? <laughs> Classic, classic line classic um, and he's like clearly the gods have sent her to me to learn patience <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, and then he's also like she doesn't have fangs and she doesn't have a tail she has five fingers and i only have four and he's like god like she is this is fucked up lady is my mate but like i'm super into her <laughs> i am fascinated and a little revolted by those extra fingers <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how he's like, how is he in these dangerous hunting lands with no fur and no weapons? And no qui. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So then they have a cute scene, like a Tarzan in and Jane moment, mm-hmm. um, where they teach each other their names. Like she like presses her hand to her chest and she's like, Georgie. And he can't pronounce it. He in fact describes it as her name is full of garbled syllables, but I try to pronounce it to make her happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he calls her Georgie because he like can't say hard G. Um mm-hmm. but I think she gets like Vectal pretty well. Yeah, although like when she starts learning, when she like learns the language, it becomes it, – it, at first it sounds like Vectal, but then it becomes Vectal. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's pretty good. Yeah. So this is like the first indication we really get that like the Qui is going to be a pretty big thing here because he's like, to lack a Qui is a death sentence. To see my mate so vibrant and yet so doomed. <laughs> like, so we're like, all right. like, <laughs> All right. So she's got to get a Qui. We get it. And Georgie's like, he keeps purring at me. So I thought that meant he was happy. 
Because, <laughs> like, after he realizes the queen thing, he starts, like, pacing, like, concerned. <laughs> and then he gives her some food, some of his food. He has, like, rations, but they're too uh-huh. spicy for her. They're li- she's literally like, I can't fucking eat this. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm this is going to kill me if I try to eat it. Uh, and I can really relate to that. But like, she – yeah. <laughs> but she is, like, for the first time in a long time, I felt safe. All this alien wants is oral sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they curl up by the fire. And at this point, I'm like – Georgie, I get that this like alien just gave you an orgasm and like tried to feed you and like that you feel safe with him, but your friends, Georgie, your friends are freezing to death. (laughs) Yeah, I just like, and she took like most of the seaweed bars and water and like their only warm clothes. Like, what are you doing? So Vectal is like, now he's like, okay, so I have to give, I have to like actually get her food that she can eat and water and stuff um and she gets on his back piggyback style and he starts running and all i can think is hang on tight spider monkey (laughs) i'm like this is alien edward and bella i get it (laughs) at one point i can't remember why this comes up but he like he like points at her and then it's like he makes a symbol like a rocking baby and you brought this (laughs) up so when i was yeah like it's like when i was like little and i would our like kitchen table you could like see the staircase to go upstairs like only from one side of the table and that happens to be the side that Stefan used to sit on and so I would like leave the table early and like lean my head around the side of the staircase so that only he could see me and like point at him and go like like right in the air like you are a baby <laughs> and you <laughs> would get so upset you <laughs> would get so upset and, like turn around so he wouldn't couldn't see me <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like this is like Rachel is Bechtel <laughs> <laughs> you are a baby <laughs> So he catches her a rodent. Yeah. And starts trying to feed her raw strips of meat. And it's still unclear whether that's like actually safe. Like what she eats, she finally eats it. He like pushes it in her throat, even though she's like, can we cook it? And he's like, why would you want to burn your food? You're going to burn all the flavor out of it. And he's like, eat, I'll burn it for you later. He's like, I'm giving you the choicest pieces. I'm giving you the heart and the liver. Like, yeah, I give- <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Save you I- the organs for you. I can't help thinking of, um, you know, in Game of Thrones, in the first season, when Daenerys has to eat the horse heart to, like, prove that mm. she's a member of the Dothraki. So that is, like, a – um. In I saw, like, a behind-the-scenes thing that was, like – that was actually just, like, a giant, like, gummy heart. So, like, she mm. was actually eating it, but, like, obviously not actually eating a horse heart. And I was, like, I don't know. Eating a gummy heart of mm. that size with, like, that much syrup – also seems like it would be really hell gross. on earth and i'm pretty sure the part in the in the show and like she like gags somewhere near the end and like mm. looks like she's about to vomit and like i'm pretty sure amelia clark was like yeah no that was real like i was literally about to throw out this gummy heart it was like so much oh, that's so gross. <laughs> but anyway that's what i'm picturing for georgie because i've never yeah. actually eaten raw yeah, liver and she or eats heart. it but it's like unclear if like somehow humans can are able to eat the raw meat of these animals, you know, because like she doesn't get sick or anything. Like I guess I guess there is some meat that people still eat raw to this day, like beef tartare or whatever. Like I guess in some situations yeah. it could be safe. Like maybe – I, I don't know. I just thought I humans know. like literally weren't able to like digest raw meat. <laughs> like pro- like I don't know. Well, we, we can eat like raw fish. Sure. Too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's. I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna look into this. I was about to be like, I'll look up this up, but I actually don't want to know. Yeah, he's like, I'll I'll burn it for you later. I nod at whatever nonsense she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they can't understand each other this whole time. Like they're right. both speaking different language. They have no idea what the other person is saying. And and it's really funny because like obviously like when we're in Vectel's perspective and we hear Georgie speak, like it's 
it's like in English, so like you can understand like what she's saying, but like it's like pronounced in a way by the audiobook narrator, and I'm assuming also written in a way that like makes it seem like he's like yeah. hearing gibberish, and so it's just like funny to like hear that. It's like those videos yeah. that's like um like this is what American sounds like to someone who I mean this is what American this is what God. American accent sounds like to someone who, yeah this is yeah. like English and an American accent sounds like to someone who doesn't speak English yeah yeah I thought they, they did a really good job of that it, it would be like yeah like I would go to the ship I would go down I hate the beat like I don't know yeah but it wouldn't even be like sped up like I, yeah I right know. they did it yeah. really well Mm-hmm. So now he takes her to the Sulphur Springs and he teaches her how to drink without getting eaten. And he does like a little test like where he puts her down. He's like, I want to see like what she does. Even though I don't know why she would go near the stream. She already knows about the fish. But then she like gets too close to the stream and he's like, oh my God, I have to save her. She know like even our smallest kits like have better instincts than her. <laughs> they like know this. <laughs> and then he does – yeah, like so the way that they get rid of the fish is by like dropping these the juice of these like red berries and then it scares them away until the next moon or whatever but she still doesn't really want to go back into the water after seeing the fish and he's like shall i stand upstream so the fang fish can devour my carcass before yours <laughs> just so many like great quotes like, from he would do it like he would do it a second and he does and he gets in and he's naked and um she gets naked and they have a little like make out like handy seam and she's thinking they go into like this natural jacuzzi and obviously mm-hmm. I'm thinking like okay it's the bachelor <laughs> like the jacuzzi in the middle of the frozen wasteland like very bachelor on brand and she's like I have a plan and I'm going to seduce him to help me go back up the mountain and rescue my friends but she's also like but like I, like, also just want to fuck him anyway, so, like, it's not that much of a sacrifice because, like, mm-hmm. uh, his dick is huge. <laughs> like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. So they're, like – yeah, they're in the in the hot stream and she, like, manages to communicate, like, take me up the mountain. First she teaches him how to kiss. Oh, yeah, because kissing is not a thing for the song. Yeah, they don't do mouth kisses, I guess, on the alien planet. And so she teaches him how to kiss with mouths. And then he also, like, rubs her nose with his nose and it's very cute. Um, and this whole time I'm like I, – I recognize that they don't speak the same language. But I feel like you could find a way to communicate that there are other people who need rescue. Like I feel like what I would do is like point to myself and then draw stick figures in the snow and be like others. Like there are other – I need to go for it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's an easy way. Yeah. Like they're Not easy, but like she could have tried harder. And Bechtel, if he knew there were other people, he would definitely be interested in helping. Like – he just doesn't understand. He's like, I need to get her back to safety and like get her some medical attention. I don't need to be going in the opposite direction. So he just doesn't understand why she wants to go back there. I'm trying to think, are stick figures something that are intuitive or do we just think they look like people because I'm not sure, but we've been raised to think they look that's like why, people. That's why I was saying you can make it clear that it's like yourself. You know, you could like point your arms and legs and then like draw yourself yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the snow. You know, she Georgie just takes a very long time to rescue her friends. And I was just filled with – like, I know her friends get rescued because I know this is, like, a 20-book series and each book is about, like, a different lady and her alien mate. But I was filled with so much anxiety this whole time because they keep stopping for fucking breaks. And I can't even enjoy the, like – hot sex in this book because the whole time I'm like, oh my God, her friends are dying in their spaceship. (laughs) Yeah. It's like not fun. Yeah. No. So he goes to take her up. He is like, fine, I'll take you up the mountain. Um, But he's like, we have to stop at a cave for the night. Like we're stopping at a cave. Like it's cold. We need to get 
more supplies. You're fucking freezing because you don't have any fur. And you don't have the qui, which makes you warm. Yeah. He's like very hot to the touch. Yes. Um, like like a werewolf in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> but like, but like much, much better. better. Like yeah. much better. He's like Just he's like better. he's like if Seth the werewolf was made into a species. Yes. I agree. Oh, now this is making me want to like revisit that like Seth fan fiction I wanted to write 10 years ago. <laughs> it's still percolating up there. Like Seth was going to get a happy ending. Jacob was going to get called out for being a pedophile. Okay, we we will talk about all of this Twilight related things next year. <laughs> Uh, it's on our schedule don't worry yeah Yeah. next month okay so she is like we're not stopping for the night georgie is storming back up the hill she's like i am getting up this goddamn mountain like what come hell or high water and she falls into a cave filled Mm. with these monsters who are described as like the abominable snowman basically kind of slash puppies yeah, they're described as like looking at her curiously, like puppies. And these are the Metlacks. And we've heard about the Metlacks from like Vectal's perspective. Mm-hmm. He's like, the Metlacks are like, they're they're vicious, like they kill our people all the time, uh, or they've killed some some of our people. Um, they're also snow cats. Just I just want to throw that in there. Like there are snow cats. Oh, there on are snow cats, yeah. But the snow cats do do not follow Vectal because their memories are long and they don't like the taste of sakwi flesh. We are a bitter meal. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently the Metlacks have no such qualms. So they're investigating Georgie. Yeah. And Georgie is like, oh, they're kind of cute, like puppies. And I was like, these are definitely monsters. But like, they're like the native people of this planet. Like, we're about to find out. They are the colonized people. I feel like the Metlack were probably like, oh, my God, these like horrible blue intruders. Like, they came here like, you know, hundreds of years ago. But they're finally about to die out. Like, can't wait for that. And then here come a bunch of human women to replenish their population. This is not a good day for the Metlax. And I can understand why they'd want to, like, get rid of one more obstacle. They definitely just want to eat Georgie. They're definitely not doing this out of any sense of species, like, (laughs) savior. (laughs) Yeah, so she starts getting, like, attacked by the Metlax. And Vectal just launches himself down this Mm -hmm. cave and, like, single-handedly beats them up. And then Mm -hmm. he picks her up and he's carrying her out. And a monster tries to attack. And he just punches it like right in the face like knocks it out in one go and all i can picture is that part at the end of um animated hercules disney hercules <laughs> in which hercules has rescued meg from the underworld and hades is being like hercules man let's work out a deal like and hercules just punches him in the fucking face and like yep. sends him into like the river of spirits and like that's it that's exactly and i just i feel like there is absolutely nothing inaccurate about that comparison nope. like that's exactly what very happens much here. yep but i'm still like again back to stand your ground laws this is the metlax cave they did not ask for someone to come in here and be like killing them they did start trying to eat her though yeah you know what i mean like I've, i feel like it, at the, you have to at least be like hey get out of my cave you got to give like a warning first <laughs> before you start going right for the et yeah <laughs> so He's rescued her and they go back to like the cave and he's finally cooks her food. He's like, oh, oh yeah, take out all the flavor. <laughs> and she's like cuddling up to him like a cat. And this is when Rachel, I was like, I realized that Georgie, like we already knew Vecto was a cat. He fucking purrs. But I realized that Georgie is also a cat. And in this situation, he is jeans and she is jorts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How? he's just like constantly trying to take care of her and she's constantly like getting herself stuck in caves and shit and like meowing to be let free (laughs) so for those of you who weren't privy to like the excellent saga of jeans and jorts jean and jorts 
Jean and George. Mm-hmm. And it was like um, their two office cats at someone's office. It was like an Am I the Asshole post. And basically like <laughs> – Jorts was like a really dumb cat and Jeans was like his smart friend. And like there was a battle between two coworkers in which like one coworker kept trying to train Jorts to make him smarter. And the other coworker was like, he's dumb. Just let him be. And it all ended with like us learning that like the coworker who was trying to train Jorts was like buttering him with margarine to like try to get to teach him to groom <laughs> and like cause Jean to have to go to the vet for like stomach problems. Anyway. <laughs> smart cat and dumb cat uh george also kept like accidentally locking himself in a closet so like or like falling into the trash so yeah in this situation Bechtau is jeans and georgie is jorts <laughs> yeah yeah the resolution of that of that saga was that co-worker agrees to no longer put butter put margarine on any of her co-workers <laughs> 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 okay so they're finally about to actually fuck even though she's like jumping the gun. She was like planning to use this as her like her chip to get her up the mountain, but she's just so turned on. I mean, he's her fated mate, even though she doesn't know yet. Yeah, like it's it's like, quote oh like catnip to a cat. <laughs> so she is definitely also a cat. Definitely a cat. So they fuck. His dick is huge. And also he has that little clit stimulator thing. And she's like, Oh, I'm not on birth control, but like he can't get me pregnant because we're different species. And the moment I mean you know, I knew that like there was no way he wasn't going to be able to get her pregnant just because this is a faded mate situation. But the moment she thinks that, I'm like, who, Georgie? You got a big storm coming. Oh my God. And then we cut to his perspective and he's like, oh, I'm so excited for the kit. <laughs> <laughs> also, just to like completely hit us over the head with the cats, she's boneless, weak, and mewing, mewing yes. <laughs> throughout this. And he's purring uh, the whole fucking time. Of he's just vibrating and purring. It's like they're both like catnip to the yeah. other perspective cat. <laughs> so next morning. He goes out to hunt for her to get more rats that he can unfortunately <laughs> have to cook for her. And instead he finds in the snow. Dominique. Dominique is dead. She's frozen to death. And this is when Vectal finally has the brain blast that. Oh, that's why Georgie was so desperate to get back up the mountain. There's others like her, and they're currently dying. And this is when we get a little bit of urgency, finally. Yeah. And he (laughs) runs back, and he, like, scoops her up, takes her to show her Dominique, and she's like, oh, my God, Dominique, like, I hope no one else is dead. And you were, like, forget you, because this whole time you were, like, oh, if, like, I can get over the fact that they didn't get back in time if, like, none of them die. But if any more people die, like, it's going to be yeah, over. And then Dominique yeah. dies. But it turns out that Dominique would have been dead. Like, even if Georgie had come back within her 24-hour right. window, like, Dominique still would have died. Right. Okay. So they finally, with a little bit of pep in their step, book <laughs> it on up back up the mountain and find the other girls. And the other girls are, like – understandably freaked out and they don't realize like who it is at first they like try to throw snowballs at them <laughs> yeah they have a snowball fortress <laughs> yeah. which i love i was waiting i was like i wonder whether they're going to make any sort of like like defense thing like because they're in the middle of the spaceship in the middle of nowhere like and yeah they, did. They, they lived up to my expectations uh-huh. well done so they finally get them to realize that it's georgie and they come in and it turns out that like the first like right after georgie left they were surrounded by some metcalfs is it my Metlax. Metlax. By some, they were surrounded by some Metlax and they had to like fight them off. But then 
I forget why Dominique goes out. They're building, they're outside building snowballs. They're outside making mm. snowballs for protection. And Dominique just like runs out into the snow at that point. Yeah. She was just like, I guess, I mean, understandably, like they've all been through something traumatic, but like Dominique has really, really been like, sh- so she just, yeah, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. They don't really understand her motivations. Like they don't know whether it was just, you know, her attempting to die by suicide, her attempting to go get help, her attempting to, find, to Georgie. find Georgie, like what it was. But Dominique ran off and obviously froze to Someone death. else. I think Megan tries to go after her, but like can't She's not wearing her. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's very sad, but at least it's not like directly a result of Georgie's Yes. Like, procrastination, tardiness, yes. whatever. Thankfully, Georgie's horniness does not kill anyone in this book. <laughs> good good news. And he describes it. He he comes in and he sees the ladies and he's like, oh, like there are so many women because the uh, Saqui don't have very many women. They only have like four <laughs> ladies out of like a tribe of like 30. And so he's like, this is fucking great. Like, I have a mate. Like, all my bros can get girlfriends. Like, this is amazing. And he describes them. He's like, I have found this tribe of tiny humans. And (laughs) oh, and Kira is the only one who can understand him. And she's like, why does he keep referring to you as his mate, Georgie? (laughs) Georgie's like, uh, what? Excuse me? (laughs) So Vectile's like, okay, well, the home caves are many sprints away, as was established earlier. So I'm not going to be able to take everyone with me, especially because they have no supplies and they're really weak. And oh, oh, and this is when he's like, oh, they all have the quee sickness. And they're like, what's the quee sickness? And he's like, well, they're going to die if they don't get a quee. Yeah. So basically there's like the air is breathable, but only – there's like a there's like an element in there, and like this like, like new gas. element or whatever. It's not like an element that we have on Earth, but it's there and it like is odorless, colorless, and it just builds up in your body for essentially like eight days. And after eight days, like you just die. Like you can't mm-hmm. process it anymore. So they all have the quee sickness. Tiffany is also apparently having a diabetic attack, which is not in this book, but no, Rachel has not. confirmed is in the next book. <laughs> And so they all – they brought, like, furs for them and stuff from the hunting caves. And Vectile keeps being like, yeah, I need to restock these hunting caves. And that never happens he in He never this does it. No. I, and I'm just like – I just – I want to be clear that Vectile did actually restock the hunting caves because yeah, that seems happens, very important. What happens the next time another Sakui finds a crashed human sh- spaceship? Yeah. Like, they are going to be screwed. Yeah. Uh, but so they, so they're all like huddled under the, the blankets and he makes a fire for them. And like, he tries to feed, he like feeds them and like, it's all good. And then like him and Georgie are like curled up on one side of the cargo hold and he like, they're like making out a little bit. And then he starts trying to like take her pants off and she's like, no, we're not going to fuck in front of the humans. And he's like, oh, my mate is modest. Like we do not have any such qualms in the Sakui community. (laughs) Yep. And I'm like, do not fuck in front of the human. Like, these yeah, are they traumatized ladies. Someone says something. They're like, oh, like, Georgie's getting it on. <laughs> yeah. And then Georgie's like, oh, my God, no. And I'm like, Vecta, come on. These are Dude. traumatized ladies. Do not – this is not the time. <laughs> okay. So the next morning – so the, the plan is that Vecta is going to go back with Georgie to his home cave and bring back like a rescue party. So that's what they do after like leaving them with as much provisions as they possibly can. He leaves with Georgie. And this is when they go to the cave of elders. They go to this cave and at first the only thing Georgie notices is that it's super smooth and like seemingly a perfect like smooth cave inside. But after they fuck, they're like laying there and she's like, 
what are those blinking lights on the wall? Like, that's so weird. And I was like, oh, it's me some kind of like bioluminescent like lightning bug. But no, it's a spaceship. <laughs> and she somehow realizes this right away. And it's a spaceship and there's like a lot of ice, like layers and layers of ice have, you know, frozen over it. And she starts like – she gets up and starts trying to like chip away at it. And then Bechdel was like, no, use fire. And he like gets her some like fire to melt it away. I was like shocked at this because I was like they they view this cave like almost like religious. Like this is their cave of origins. You know what I mean? Like this is like very high up. Like I don't – I think they have a religion because at one point he mentions the gods. Mm -hmm. So I was like shocked that Vectal wasn't – she's like trying to hack away at the Cave of Wonders. Right. And like the fact that he he's just like, oh, yes, let me help you. (laughs) Okay, this this comes in like throughout. But like I don't know if it would have been enough time for it to become like a religious thing versus just like they know this is where they came from because he keeps saying like, oh, like we saw Kui live long lives thanks to our uh, Kui. And I don't know if that's like long compared to what. Like maybe that just means long compared to like the eight days you would otherwise die in if you didn't have it. But I don't, I'm jumping the gun here. Let's find it. So this is a spaceship. She finally gets it melted. And conveniently, it's melted at the exact right place for the exact right <laughs> button to turn it on. So she's just like, well, I can press the button. First, she has like a little deliberating moment. She's like, I can press the button. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but like, um, you know, actually personally, I would be fine with just like not pressing it and like going back with Vectal and like living with him and his like alien barbarian yeah, planet. She's like, that's some good alien dick. Like I really don't mind at all. But Georgie is like very much – I'd say she's like very selfless. Like she's – at no point does she consider like putting her own wants above the other women. Like she's always like it needs to be uh, a group decision. I okay, mean, in like, this respect, but like the rest of the book, right, she's right, right, putting but her she's, own horniness above the other women. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like – yeah, no, she's definitely very much a leader. Like she's a she's she leads by she's example. Like, I can't make like, this decision. Much, yeah, yeah. She's like, I need to discuss with the other ladies because if there's a chance of us being able to get back to Earth, right? We need to be. T- we need to take it. She's never even like, oh, I could stay here and they could leave because she's always like, I wouldn't leave them without my help. You know, like I would, even yeah. though they all ditched her on the on the original spaceship when yeah. they planned their attack. She's still. I guess that's why she's like, they she's have probably no just shit like, without these me. These ladies are helpless as fuck. Like, there's yeah. no way they're getting home without my help. Yeah. Okay. So the the computer boots up and it's somehow it's like English human English is good I can switch to 200 other languages if you want and she's Two, like no 20, no 000. English is good 20,000 other 20, languages yeah yes. oh my god so the computer basically gives her the down low so what happened is 287 years ago and that's for this planet I forget I already forgot what it was called but this planet which is like slightly longer than earth years and the planet yeah, also longer has like, earth years longer days basically slightly. we did the math on this it's like three what 317 extra it's 317 earth years that this no I thought it was down. like 350 yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, what happened is that a sock – she's like, the person standing next to you is a modified sock. And she's like, what's a sock? I just want to I just want to emphasize that like we listened to the audiobook, so I don't know how it's spelled, but it sounds like S-O-C-K. I don't think that's how it's spelled. I don't I think, think that's – you're supposed to think it's like a literal yeah. like sock <laughs> like you put on your foot. <laughs> so 287 years ago, a sock pleasure cruiser was in this like solar system and it had to do an emergency landing for like repairs. And so – the crew and passengers were all crash landed here. We're all like stranded here. But unfortunately, like the pilot that I was keyed to, I being the ship, like he died of congestive heart failure, which 
that's like a long-term condition. That's not something you just like suddenly <laughs> – if you're about to die of congestive heart failure, you're not piloting anything. Maybe it doesn't know. I don't know. But <laughs> I, mean, toxic, I think you would know. the toxic air. Maybe the toxic air like exacerbated. Well, that killed a lot of other people. And they couldn't find an alternate pilot because like so many of the other people died from this like methane situation. And that's how – that's when she finds out she only has eight days total because of like the not methane in the air. Less than eight days now. Yeah. Eight days like from when they crash landed. And the computer explains that the Sakwi that – survived did so because they figured out this sock thing which is like the socket the, sorry the qui the qui is a parasite which we explained before like it lets you breathe the air it lets you like adapt to the temperature so this is what she figures out like yeah we don't even like have the choice oh oh and she's also like if i get this like parasite if i get the qui can i ever take it out again and the computer's like nah if you took it out like you'd both die almost immediately if you didn't get yeah. a new one yeah. Um, like even if she leaves the planet. Right. So she's like, okay, well, I, I either get this parasite and commit to staying here forever or I die or potentially the green men come back and get me. But she's like, I can't make this decision on my own. And then also the computer like gives her an upload of its language, basically like the fish from Hitchhiker's Guide to the mm-hmm. Galaxy. Like that's what this computer is. Uh, so now um, Georgie can speak Vectal's language. But I just feel like I would have so many more questions for this computer – for this ship, I'd like, how do we fix you? Who are the green men? Like, maybe they're like well known interplanetary human traffickers, and you can find out. Cause she's still, you know, it's a pipe dream, but they're still holding on hope, holding out hope that like somehow they were going somewhere nice instead of like to be eaten or sex trafficked. I mean, I don't think they actually ever believed that. I think. Sure, but like still to know, you know exactly what your options are. Like, where are they taking us? What are their weaknesses? Could we even fly their ship? Like, what's the best way to take them down? Cause they're considering fighting them at this point. Just, I feel like we get a lot more information from this shit. She's had but. some really good alien dick, and she's like, I'm, I'm the other options. Like, I don't really care about them that much. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, still very much like into giving all the other women like all their options. Yeah, whatever. So meanwhile, Vectal is sitting here, and he's like, I snarl at the air because I don't know where this faceless voice is coming from. <laughs> if it has hurt my Georgie, I will scatter it and throw its pieces into the ICC. Oh, because after she gets the language upload, she like collapses for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, her eyes blink open, and the pale, ugly white is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he's constantly insulting her eyes because she doesn't have queen eyes. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just have a lot of questions. Like, how does this computer know the sock the sock dialect that they'd be speaking after two hundred eighty seven plus years? Has it been like secretly like listening every time someone's in this cave? Because like language without writing, and maybe they have writing, maybe not, but like without writing. Languages become unintelligible after like 70 years. Okay. So, Rachel, not everybody has listened to John McWhorter's series of lectures. Like, not everybody is as knowledgeable about how about linguistics as you. I just have a lot of questions for this ship, and I feel like the ship is more than willing to give answers. But that's how it always is. It's always like this in books. Like the the (laughs) the character gets like a seemingly like bountiful, ceaseless source of knowledge, and then like does not come anywhere near to fully exploiting it yeah anyway um, (laughs) she tries to explain like that she isn't sure she wants the queen or to stay here and she tries to explain that this is a spaceship and not like a regular cave (laughs) and he doesn't really get it because they just like don't have the language for like the technology she's trying to use so like even Mm -hmm. though she can speak it's not like in like he just doesn't get it he's like my ancestors did come from this cave but i imagine a flying cave moving through the sky it's like a bird it is ludicrous (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she's like yeah i might have to leave like i could leave in this ship and he's like then i will go with you oh 
I love him. So they finally get back to the village. Vectal is the chief, by the way. He's like the head honcho. So like Georgie like really Mm -hmm. hit the alien lottery. And we meet his boy Rahash. And the minute Rahash is described, I'm like, oh, so this is like the sexy bad boy. And I was also like, I was trying to think of like the ladies that Rahash would be paired with. And I was like, oh. It's Liz. And Rachel was like, no. How, like, no, you I don't just know didn't know that. how you like, immediately knew that because I didn't get the like sassy vibes from Liz, I guess, as much. Like, Liz is like, like the spitfire and Rahash is like the scarred, like brooding hero. Like, it's, I don't make the rules for like, this is just how the trope goes. Because Rahash is like, he's scarred and he's like super buff, like even more buff than Vectal. And he, like, one of his horns is broken. He's like, he's a baddie. He's a bad boy. <laughs> Not a baddie as in a villain, but like, he's a bad boy. And he's very grumpy. And so they all – they go inside. They go, like, in deep into this cave. And Georgie discovers that the Sakui have this, like, sick spa retreat as a home, basically. Like, it has, like, a sauna in the middle, like, a spa, like – hot tub in the middle like giant lake and like they all have their cool caves and i'm like this is fucking um, wonderful like it sounds pretty great like even though they're still living in caves like i dig it oh for sure although i don't understand like georgie's like oh it feels like actually warm but since we now know that the optimal sock temperature room temperature is 37 degrees how is that warm to her and maybe like it's just so fucking cold outside that it feels 37 feels warm but Yeah. yeah Um, also, can I just say that if they don't at some point like get a snowcat pet slash like domesticate snowcats at some point, why hasn't that already – why isn't that top of the yeah. list? You crash land. There's a cat-like creature. Domesticate the shit out of that. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't have like just p- more pets in general. Mm-hmm. So they go up um, and obviously Georgie doesn't look anything like a Sakui. So you just – all the like villagers are like looking at her and just like from the distance you hear a small child go – Mother, why is its face so <laughs> ugly? <laughs> yeah. And we never find out, like, why there are only four women. Like, what happened to all of them? It doesn't really make sense, but whatever. Like, suspend disbelief. So when – so Vectal makes the announcement that, like, they found, like, this new species. What he, Oh, and Vectal is like, I know she's ugly, but, like, she's beautiful to me. Like, she he gives us, like, a big speech. And then he's like – and actually, there's, like, a whole other ship of six more of her kind – and they're all female. And it's just like Rahash staggers. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like, holy fucking shit. We could all get girlfriends. This is like Christmas. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I hear comments about my missing tail. <laughs> yeah. So he leads her to like the medical cave and she meets – what's her name? I forgot her name. I don't know. She meets the medical lady. She's not really important uh, other than the fact that her and Vectal used to fuck before the medical mm-hmm. lady found her mate. So mm-hmm. – um, that's really not in any way relevant. And the medical lady is like, you don't have a qui, so I can't cure you because the way I cure people is because my qui is a special qui and can like communicate with other quis and tell them to get a move on on that healing magic. (laughs) Uh, So she was like, you're fucked, but I'll give you a better splint for your broken wrist. And then when you get your qui, we can chat later. And Vectal and Georgie have another fucking thing. Vectal organizes like the rescue party. Sorry, Vectal, like she goes to sleep while Vectal's like out organizing things. And he's like, if you are asleep when I come back, I will wake you up by mating your mouth. <laughs> she means kissing. Yeah, that's what he calls kissing. But <laughs> so they hang out there. So the, the rescue party has gone out. Georgie's going with them. And they all they get in with the ladies, and Georgie is like, hey. There's about to be a bunch of aliens in here, but you all need to be cool. 
And thankfully, Georgie has not at this point told Vectal that there are six ladies in hibernation. Mm -hmm. Like he currently only thinks that there are like the six ladies, including Georgie, like outside. But thankfully, (laughs) he has brought 11 other people with them. So like it is very convenient. One lady for each man. But and I get why she wouldn't want to tell him to like not get his hopes up and like, you know, because they still haven't decided if they're going to wake them up yet or like try to leave. But we then find out that like there aren't really enough furs and like foot coverings to go around. So like, he, why wouldn't you just say like, oh, I don't know, just make up something. Be like, bring double the supplies just yeah. in case. Like, especially because she's them. like, she's like, I don't want these girls to be like forced to be these girlfriend like girlfriends of these aliens. Right. But she does get Vectile to promise. She's like, listen, even if people mate, like. They it still needs to be like their choice. Like yeah. if like the ladies, like if a guy mates with a lady and he doesn't want her and she doesn't want him, like he has to respect that. Like you have to promise me that. So she has this assurance. And it's like very like he he lives up to it. Like it's very much like reaffirmed. I can say like it appears at least like three times in the first chapter of the second book, yeah. too. So <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> So they they all they they jump in and the aliens and the ladies meet and someone starts resonating. Someone starts purring oh and Georgie just like spins around. She's like, "Who was that? Who was Queen?" Started purring and like nobody will fess up <laughs> to the fact that they resonated. And I love I love this like constant like Georgie's constantly like nobody will admit to like who yeah who was Queen. Oh oh sorry minor detail but on the on the way there to rescue them they stop at the Cave of Wonders Elder Cave whatever again and uh, like a lot of the um a lot of the sock the sockwe like learn the language thing or whatever yeah and just a side note Rahash is like the first one to step up and learn English yes, <laughs> yes. he's like I'm ready. I'm ready. Because uh, guess what? Guess whose book is next? Rahash and Liz. Huh? Mm-hmm. I predicted it. Bam. And yeah, so Georgie explains the situation to the ladies. They all decide to stay. They're like, we're just going to hedge our bets. Like, like Bechtel was really doting over you. Like, if we can get something like that, that sounds like it'll be great. Um, also, Georgie is pregnant. I don't don't know how she finds this out, but she finds this out at this time that she's pregnant. She finds out that she can get pregnant. Vectal is like, yes, you can only get pregnant with your mate. So of course, <laughs> that is how the queen like selects the mate for the like the strongest offspring. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? But then she's like, also like not mad about it. Yeah. And so like the women are talking. I think Liz gives like a throwaway comment. She's like, I'll I'll be blue aliens mate if they'll get me a hamburger. Like if someone brings me a hamburger and then they're just – it's just like we hear shuffling outside and Georgie's like, I guess I should tell you that some of them learn English. They're all just like, quick, what's a hamburger? (laughs) I don't know why Vectal didn't learn English too. Whatever. Also, when Georgie tells Vectal, she's like, we voted that we would stay. And he's like, I don't know what vote it is, but okay, they're staying. (laughs) There's no democracy here. And and then she finally tells them about the six other women and they're like, oh my God, it's like, we thought it was Christmas before. Like now it's the 12 fucking days of 12 women of Christmas. Like this is amazing. And then their trackers that are in their arms start to beep, beep, beep. And they're like, oh no, the aliens are coming back. So they all scurry out of there. Um, They wake up all the other ladies and tell them, like what's going on and obviously like most of them are freaked out but they you know. dump the trackers into a cave of metcalf metlax metlax oh my god i wrote yes. down metcalf i don't know why I don't but he's know. like let's see how the little green men like them 
Yes. And the little green men do not, but they also like, there isn't anything. They see it from a distance. They see the alien ship like come up as they're like leaving and then like, and then just like zip away again. So, and like, I was just like really hoping they would be like, the Metlax would just like launch like 50 feet in the air and like, (laughs) I feel like this can't be the end of the little green men. It's too convenient of like a a conflict causing yeah. thing for future books. Um, also, yeah, Georgie has only now, like, just very recently told uh, Bechtel the whole story about how she got kidnapped and stuff. So in order to get the Kui, the Kui live in their little parasites in this giant, like, very cute-sounding, like, yeah. monster. It's just, like, giant, like, furry deer. You know, you know what I was picturing? Have you ever seen Princess Mononoke? No. Okay. Um. Well, there's like this it? giant deer. It's a Studio Ghibli film. Oh. But there's this giant like mystical spirit deer in it that I think has like multiple eyes and like has horns. Anyway, I was picturing that deer, but like furry and white went with the yeah. description of this monster. Before we found out that the Sakwi like crash landed here, I was so confused because we like found out pretty early on that they have to kill another animal to get the Kui. And I'm like, how the fuck did like this ever – how is this an evolutionary adaptation where, like, you literally can't survive unless you, like, steal something from another animal, like, at birth? It makes no sense. But, like, it makes more sense. But it's still kind of yeah. rude that they're, like, stealing. Also, yeah. the Kui can only live, like, a few minutes without a host. And every time they kill one of these giant animals, they get, like, a bunch of Kui. And presumably, like, no- I mean, right now there's a lot of women. So, like, maybe all the Kui get a host, but probably not. But normally they're just doing it for, like, each baby that's born. And there's only, like, yeah. a few babies. And they're not all born within a few minutes of each other. So, like, there's a lot of waste here going on here. I don't really like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that the Kui die. Anyway, they they do get a bunch of – they kill the monster, finally take it down. Such deer, such like cute, furry, large, very, very large <laughs> thing with Kui inside. And they take it out of – they take the Kui out of the heart. Um, and the way they get the Kui inserted is that you have to make a cut in the back of your neck. And then the Kui like burrows inside for warmth basically. And the ladies are mm-hmm. all like justifiably like, oh my god, that sounds so fucking gross. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to do that. But then Georgie is the leader, so she goes first, and she gets the Kui, and she passes out. But then when she wakes up, she feels great and warm and also super horny because guess what? This bitch's Kui is vibrating. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that she passes out and then they all still get it like before she wakes up, I'm like, that is – I would wait. Like maybe you can't wait because it needs to be like a few minutes. But like Mm -hmm. I don't know. If someone passed out, maybe that's like normal. But you have to be like – it's like some people, if you like try to give a baby the Kui too early, like you have to wait four days because the baby's not strong enough. Because it'll die and they'll both die. So, like, it's possible to die. Also, what side of the – I don't know, the neck thing? I just, like, really don't like it. It's the back my of neck. the neck. It's the back. Okay. Back is better yeah, than front it's for the sure. It's the back of the neck. Back is fine. Because he just, like, says, Aah. like, he puts it, like – and originally I thought it, it's, like, right – she says it's, like, right by her, like, collarbone. So that could be anywhere. But I think it's like, but he's like touching the back of her neck when he does it. So I I think it's like the back. It's like where your collarbone meets your shoulder blade. That's okay. Right there is what I think. Anyway, she wakes up and there are, and everyone has been queed up and there are lots of dudes resonating and Georgie is like (laughs) spinning around being like, who is that? Who is that? that?" But she's super horny. Step up and admit things. Yeah. Someone keeps purring, but no one will step up. Yeah. And then all the ladies, except Liz, Liz is missing because Raj is just like 
picked her up, scooped her up, and taken her away. Quote, slunk off with her like a metlack with a kill. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I look forward to reading about bad experience in the next book because I personally think that Liz is going to like punch him in the face. Yeah. uh, Georgie's just like, I wouldn't be surprised if he like brings her back (laughs) anytime. Like, just not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they, so obviously Vectal and Georgie, um, they like putz off and they like just have like hot, steamy sex. Oh, this is they doggy style. This is the first yes, time. they doggy style, and his little his little nub, his little clit rubber goes into her butt, and she's like, "Oh man!" Because he's like, "They we normally can't do it like this, my species, because the tails get in the way," which like doesn't really fully make sense to me because it's called like dogs have tails too. And other animals, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but whatever, their tails are down. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to question it. It's fine, but. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. But she's also like, we need to add doggy style to our repertoire. And I'm like, there are no dogs on this planet. How does he know what doggy style means? Like, (laughs) how does that translate? (laughs) Uh, He's just like, "Uh, I don't know what the fuck she's saying, but like, this is great. So (laughs) we will continue. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, they live happily ever after and they're going to have a little baby. And I'm pretty sure there is a sequel novella about their honeymoon that we should a barbarian honeymoon yeah the fact that she continues to like call him a barbarian in her head the whole time i feel like honestly i feel like that's more like ruby dixon playing into like certain romance tropes maybe because i feel like the like barbarian like innocent virgin i mean she's not a virgin georgie but like the innocent girl i guess also she's like constantly being like oh he's the alien i'm not the alien i'm like he's i'm like Sorry to hate to break it to you, but like you are literally the alien in this situation. Well, technically they're both aliens. That's true. Yeah. Neither of their species is native to this planet. It's true. This book was a fucking thrill. It, it was really a was. I it was great. I like laughed and like just had so much fun reading this book. I understand like why it's been on my radar for a while because a lot of the other romance podcasts that I listened to did episodes on it like last year, and then like shortly after that is when it blew up on TikTok. And I just, yeah, I just hadn't because there was like originally a fifty-two long week wait at the library. <laughs> we cut it in half now, but it was originally fifty-two weeks for one copy. Uh, I've had it on hold for a long time, but I'm glad that we finally got to read it because it yeah, is for sure filled me with so much joy and twenty-two like, so much more joy. books and possibly various novellas to go. Who are the other books going to be about? Because there's only 12 women. So there's 10 more. You think it's like the next gen or like there'll be another shipment or well, something? Well, it seems when I was like trying to scope out the descriptions, it seemed like um there may be like some books where like the story is told across two books. Mm. You know what I mean? So like books, I like I'm totally making this up, but like books 11 and 12 are about the same couple or yeah, something. Yeah, makes sense. You know? All right, cat scale. I think we all know where this oh is headed. Oh my ended. god. He spent the entire time purring. Like with that alone – that alone, even it's if crazy. they weren't like cats themselves. The only thing I would possibly knock off a point for is the lack of snow cat domestication. But- well, maybe. <laughs> Here's my thing, Rachel. Those The cats are free. Maybe they're actually just being mean? respectful of the snow cat's desire to remain like free and wild and hunt. Okay, but yeah, but that's what like domestication is. <laughs> like, no, domestication happened was because we left like bits of uneaten food by the fire sure, and the wolves sure. came so up and ate it. Give the snow cats something that, that is not your own flesh and not a bitter meal. Give them a delicious meal and they will come willingly. Well, well, the problem is, is that because I think this is an ice planet, they can't like so in the human context, we're thinking humans are like outside in the middle of a field or whatever. And so it's easy for the wolves to approach. Whereas like the, the barbarians, the Sakwi, 
are in caves. But they so hunt like, all the time. They have to specifically allow – yes, but when they hang out in – they still hang out when they have the fire. They also don't cook things. You have to remember mm. that. <laughs> well, I bet the snow cats eat their meat raw too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm clear. I still think – oh my god, it was so, it's so like – yeah, good so times it seems like the the self published books. I think like really just like knock it out. Like they understand the influence of cats on romance. Yep, this whole book is like cats have speaking roles. Yep, like that's the whole on book. both sides. Yeah, yeah. Right. One, two, three, ten, ten. Nice. I'm so conflicted about whether nine or ten. But if you're saying ten, I don't want to. I don't. It can't be nine point five. So we can't. Maybe. We've done point fives before. I just don't feel good about the point fives. It's just not a good vibe. I just feel like you can't be you have to you have to say the score that speaks to your soul, Rachel. You can't base it on what my score is. That's why you have no, to say it at the same time as me instead of constantly delaying. <laughs> Do you want a nine or a ten? I mean, but it really is off the charts in all ways. And I feel like the fact that the snow cats exist, like just should add to it. It should be additive, not subtracted. Yes. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> all right. Nice. Maybe there's domestication in a later book. Maybe. We'll have to report back. Um, this was delicious. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a few generations, once we introduce democracy, there may be room to lead the Sakwi on like a communist revolution. <laughs> I feel like they're already very, I mean, they live in a com like communal. They are very communal. That's true. Yeah. Because they're, they're designed by like, there's like the hunters. Yeah. And women can be hunters, which is going to be important. We learned that Liz is a champion archer. Yeah. It's a detail we left out. I feel like that's going to be important. What if she like shoots Rahash? <laughs> She's just like yeah, – He's going to lose his other horn in the one way or And that's like their foreplay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Violence is foreplay. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway. Where can they find us, Allison? So they can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at We Read It One Night. On Twitter at We Read It Podcast because Twitter has a character limit. Otherwise, we would have done at We Read It One Night. <laughs> and you can also email us at We Read It One Night at gmail.com. And please, please, please leave us a rating and a review and follow us and download your episode, please, like when you listen to it, because that's how most podcast sites like track their metrics. And that really helps us. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, I don't know how many other podcast sites allow you to rate and review, but on Apple Podcasts, you can. So please, please do that because that also like helps us tremendously in tricking that good, good algorithm into getting us into other people's recommended feeds. Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed. Oh,